Hey everyone, and welcome to Everyday Woodworking, your podcast home for discussions about the craft, business, and love of woodworking, both as a pro and as a hobbyist. I'm your host, Ricky Fitzpatrick. I am a woodworker and the owner of Apple Valley Farm, where we make handmade crafts and decor. I've been woodworking most of my adult life, and now, with Everyday Woodworking, I have the opportunity to share my experience, my thoughts, and even my challenges with you. And I can't wait for you to join me right here for the next episode of Everyday Woodworking. Well, today we are talking about something that may be more near and dear to my heart than you might know, and that is air conditioning, or actually heating and air conditioning in the shop. Um, Keep in mind, though, we, or I, am in the South, and uh, especially right now, it is hot. I mean, and uh, no, if you're like from from Michigan or something, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, hot in the South, it's it's a different kind of hot, different from anywhere else in the country. A Southern hot, it's not only temperature related, but it's humidity based also. So when you mix in like 100 degrees and 85% humidity, Jack, you can hardly breathe. I mean, it is hot. H-O-T, hot. Whew, it's hot. Um, anyway, so that's what we're talking about. We reached out, let me tell you, we reached out to our friends on social media this week or last week. And actually, I was I was really surprised at some of the comments I got. And you might be too, and I'll share them with you here in just a few minutes. If you're like me, though, you might find yourself saying, hey, that sounds like me. <laughs> I mean, when we're done, you'll have like a whole bunch of new info on a ton of options for heating and cooling your small shop. Um, but we're going to jump all into that in just a second. But before we do, let's take a quick break. Hey guys, Ricky with Everyday Woodworking. Hey, your support makes it possible for Everyday Woodworking to continue to be on the air. We would love it if you blessed us with your financial support through our friends over at Patreon. Monthly support starts at just five bucks a month and your support makes it possible for us to continue to do what we do. Have a great day and thank you so much. Visit us at patreon.com slash everyday woodworking. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, my people. You know, heating and cooling your shop, that that's a big bite, man. Um, I mean, that's a biggie. You could dump a chunk of money into this. So we really want to do some exploring, okay? Um, but we got a lot of ground to cover, so let's get to going. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So to begin with, um, I want to share the results of our social media research. Uh, before today, we asked everyone out there in social media land, what are your thoughts on AC and heat in the shop? And the response was like huge. 
so we got this whole array of comments back. So many, in fact, that I just dumped it all into a spreadsheet so I could break it down and kind of get a better look at how it all comes together. Um, and so I want to share that with you. Also, I want to share some of those comments. I found this to be really interesting, and several folks share some really great stuff with us. I can't share it all here, but I'm picking a few, and so I'm going to share a few of those with you. Chris Riley from Facebook said, I don't have AC, and I live in the South. Oh, my goodness. I'll be praying for you, man. It is just, it's just plain miserable. I'm trying to convince my wife, and, and just so you'll know, wife is capitalized which I think is very, very smart, Chris. That's a big thumbs up to you. Wife is capitalized. I'm trying to convince my wife that I need a dedicated shop rather than our two-car garage. Good luck. Pretty much I'm covered in sweat and drenched shirts every time. I know, Chris, exactly what you mean, man. I feel your pain. Here in the dog days, I go through like three or four shirts a day. I mean, I run hot. I do. But in the middle of the summer here, when I'm working outside, it is, I just, I sweat and I go through shirts because I don't want to go to town with like my shirt all soaked. You know, it looks terrible. Uh, so I keep like three shirts in the truck and I'm constantly changing throughout the day. It's tough being a Southerner, brother. All right. Baxter Hammock, another Facebook friend, he said, I've got a 1,500 square foot shop. I only have an attic fan with two other fans in each room for summer. In winter, I use my wood stove. That's good. With fans, listen to this, with fans mounted on the stovepipe to distribute the heated air. That's brilliant, man. That sounds pretty smart to me. I didn't even know you could do that. The fans on the stovepipe, man, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. I think I'm going to try to do that if, if I ever get my stove up and running. Uh, finally, David Boardman is a friend of mine and a fantastic woodworker. I turn to David quite a lot uh, for help and advice. And he said, I can handle the heat much better than I can the cold so I can glue. That's, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so I have one of those hang from the ceiling electric heaters and an insulated garage door. That is really, that's really smart. The idea of the forced air heater, that really, that piques my curiosity a lot. Um, I like it. I don't know if I can afford it. I'm going to have to dig into it a little more. But David, I figure if you're doing it, that must be pretty smart. Um, so anyway, there we go. Um, and I'm going to break down some of the survey stats. Um, this isn't positive or negative or whatever. This is just information that I think is interesting stuff here. So let me just share this based on the feedback that we got. A little over 30% of our listeners have a dedicated shop. Now that's a freestanding space, not connected to the house. 25% of those people, or not 25% of those, 25% of our listeners work out of a carport or a garage. Hello, that's my people. That's me. That's what I do. Um, half of them have no AC or heat at all. That That is mind-blowing. But I have to remember, everybody's not in the South. 
um, just 6% of those people have HVAC. That's not all that surprising. Um, 12% use either window AC or the mini split units, if you don't know what that is, because I didn't. Uh, If you don't know what that is, I'll get into that in just a few minutes. Um, And about 43% use fans. That's a lot, and that's me. I'm all fans in the summer. As for heat, um, again, 6% have HVAC. Uh, 25% use electric heaters. Again, that's me. Pretty worthless in my setup, but I still do it. Um, About 12% use either kerosene or liquid propane heat and about 6% use a wood stove. And I that, that is very interesting to me. Again, I'm going to get into that because uh, actually I've got a small wood stove that a friend gave me several years ago. Thank you, Greg Mathis. Um, I'm saving it for when I have a dedicated shop, if I ever have a dedicated shop. Uh, but for now, it just sits there mocking me in my storage building. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's a lot of very cool info, don't you think? I, I thought it w- I thought it really was it's a great insight into my woodworking community. Very cool. Uh, but overall, I tell you what, it tells me is that even though most of us uh, as woodworkers, we're woodworkers all to a degree. But we have that commonality, but we're all facilitating the cooling and heating process in completely different ways, in our own little unique things. And, And that tells me, number one, we have a lot of different needs out there. And it also tells me, too, we as a community are very, very creative because we're coming up with these different solutions to, to fix our little process all the time. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I'm also, I'll say this, I'm really encouraged to learn that most of us are still pretty small in what we do. And that's great. That was unexpected to me. And I think probably because I wind up working with so many friends who have like these big shops or these dedicated spaces or expensive tools and and frankly, it just feel, it feels like I'm like the last guy who's still grinding it out with my tools and my carport, you know. Um, so that fact um, was quite a revelation to me, and it was encouraging to me. But you may be wondering still, what can I do? Or what, what would work for me? Maybe you're doing something already, like most of us, we're, we're doing something but what would work better for me? What would improve my work environment that I can do, fit, afford, whatever verb you want to stick in there? Well, hey, I'm wondering those same things myself. So let's do a high pass over some of the options for a small shop. But before we do, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Let's talk about cornhole boards. You know, cornhole, the fastest growing sport in America. Hey, everybody's either got a set of boards or they're looking for one. 
If you're looking for an awesome set of boards that can carry you through from your backyard all the way to the ESPN tournament stage, then Apple Valley Cornhole is ready to hook you up. Cabinet grade construction, built to American Cornhole League specs, guaranteed American made, and get this, every set is hand painted with your design. And I don't mean some stencil or computerized ink and definitely not that old school vinyl. Get a set of boards that will make the neighbors jealous and have your friends begging to come through a game. ABC is a division of Apple Valley Farm, so go to applevalleyfarmga.com for all the info on how you can order a set of your own. Apple Valley Cornhole, we've got you covered from tailgate to tournament. right let's start with cooling okay the fan obviously a fan would be the first line of defense against the heat for most of us i happen to have a box fan in my shop that's like the entry level solution for fans uh it works okay but uh, honestly once you hit about 90 degrees here uh it doesn't really do much more than just (laughs) just blow hot air around unless you like stand right in front of it. Uh, but for 10 bucks or less, yeah, it's kind of hard to beat. And it sort of gives you a little relief from, from the, the sweltering heat in the middle of the summer. It really works well on days like, like right now, about the 1st of September, when we've got some cool air floating around out there, and I put that fan up in my window and it pulls that cool air in, that's, it's really nice. It, it it really makes a difference then. So the fall and the spring are the time when the fan, it really shines. Um, beyond the box fan, though, you could get one of those big floor model cylinders, you know, like you see at Home Depot uh, and Lowe's and stuff like that. I don't know what you call it. I like a floor model shop fan. Um, and for what, two or 300 bucks, you can get a pretty big fan and it will blow your hat off, um, or your hair, well, whatever you, your case may be. But, uh, just keep in mind though, oh, excuse me, I, I hit the microphone. Just keep in mind while, while these fans, they do a really good job at removing warm air in your space or moving it around they're really going to blow your stuff around also. Um, Papers, uh, sandpaper things, maybe even small scraps of wood. Sawdust, which is going to stir up in the air. It's going to get in your eyes and in your throat and stuff like that. So, yeah, it it could be a challenge. Uh, You might have to to place it strategically if you get one. Um, You can also opt for one of those... Um, stand-mounted commercial-type fans. Yeah, I think you probably know what I'm talking about. A good one, probably run you a couple hundred bucks, but it will work very, very well. Um, It won't blow gale force winds, but it definitely gets the job done. Again, uh, you would have to place it strategically to keep from stirring up sawdust and things like that. Uh, but being elevated three, four, five feet off the ground, um, that's really going to improve the efficiency. That's it for fans. Next, window ACs. The window AC unit, um, 
does a really good job, actually. Um, it's obviously an actual air conditioning unit, so it's not only moving air, but it's pumping cool air into the space. Um, so for a couple hundred bucks, I mean, you can get a decent one. Um, of course, you'll need a window to put it in, plus an outlet that I would suggest would preferably be on its own circuit. Um, you'll also need to consider the condensation runoff um, and where that's going to go and how you're going to handle it. Um, and of course, if your window is on the front of your shop, then you've got the aesthetic thing that you've got to deal with. Do you want people seeing that? Would you prefer it to be on the back? Yada, yada, yada. Um, so lots to consider there, but the window AC unit can really get the job done, especially if you have a small space. And I think most of us do. Um, next would be mini split units. Now, let me just say before this, I had never even heard of this. I just don't get out of that. <laughs> I don't get out much. I did not know what these were. Um, but after some research, I would say these, as far as actual AC units go, this is a really attractive solution for a small shop. But they're not, you're not going to get into this for a couple hundred bucks. You're, it's probably going to be more like a couple of thousand. Or it could be more depending on how big your space is and how elaborate you want this to be. Um, let me just back up, though, for a minute. If you don't know what a mini split unit is, let me see if I can give you uh, the layman's description of it because that's about all I know. Um, but simply put, a mini split is a ductless localized air conditioning system. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's sort of like a window unit, but you don't need the window. Among other things, it's a little more elaborate than that. You'll have an, an outdoor component like you have your heat pump with at your, your home. And then you'll have individual indoor cooling units for each space. And the indoor units provide localized cooling with like almost no noise and little disruption to the room. And they have their own condensation thing that they deal with and all that. So it's great because you can turn each one on and off depending on where you want cooling. Um, that's really nice. It's really attractive. There's no duct work, anything like that to deal with. Um, eh, it might not be great for a big open shop. It just depends on how big your shop is. You could use several of these in there. Um, they are really cool. I mean, no, no pun intended. Um, but they're not, they're not cheap. Um, but they might be affordable. This is something I'm going to have to look a little more into, but yeah, I'm impressed. I'm very impressed with this. After that, I'm just going to mention this to shut it down, but HVAC, a full-blown system in your shop is probably beyond the scope of most of us. And like I said, less than 6% of the people that responded to us have that much of an elaborate setup going on in their workspace. Um, if you could piggyback on your house 
system and just run some extra duct work out there, that might work if your system is uh, is beefy enough to handle the extra room. Um, that could work, you know, but it's really beyond the scope of most of us to install a dedicated HVAC system in our shop space. So I'm not even going to get into it. We're, we're aware of what it is. We're aware that it would be awesome and it would work wonderfully. But just because of the complexity and the cost involved with it, I think it's not something I want to spend a lot of time on here. Okay, with that, that ends our discussion on cooling options. So now let's look at heating. Um, And let me just go ahead and say, since I just mentioned that about HVAC, obviously cooling and heating would be uh, possible with your dedicated HVAC system. Um, But again, I don't think most of us are going to take that route. So I'm just going to bring it up, then close that door and move on from there. Okay, we're not even really going to consider that. Um, We are going to talk about electric heaters. Um, If you walk down the the heater aisle, like at Walmart in the middle of the winter, you're going to find out real quick how many options there are for space heaters. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I'm I'm not even going to get into that. We could probably do a whole episode on space heaters, and we may. That might be good later on this winter. Um, But so me most and most of us make use of some sort of small electric thing that blows air over heated coils or something like that, and it provides some very localized warmth. Um, Frankly, they're really good. For hands and feet, that's what I primarily use mine for. Um, or if it's if your heater is big enough and your space is small enough, and you can close your shop or your carport off, then it might eventually raise the average temperature in the room uh, to kind of take the edge off the cold, uh, provided it's not too big or drafty. It would it have to be a big heater in a small space to really heat it up in there. But I think it would be, it could possibly be good uh, to make it uh, livable in there. For me, my carport is open to the weather. I don't even have a garage door on it. So, frankly, it's like spitting in the wind uh, when it gets really ugly outside, uh, especially if it's, like, really windy, something like that. So... Um, like I said, I only use mine to like heat up my fingers and toes when it gets really cold outside. One of the dangers though, of these little guys is their voracious appetite for power. Um, not only will they spike your power bill, but they can easily kick a breaker, especially if you're running one on the same power strip as your, like your saw, your planer, something like that. So just be mindful of that and be uh, be careful, you know, when you're when you're using one. The next thing would be kerosene heaters. Um, frankly, I don't know a lot about kerosene heaters. I, I don't have a lot of experience with them, but I'll tell you what I do know and what I've been able to find out. First off, um, they're not that expensive. Maybe 150, 200 bucks at Home Depot for a decent one. 
plus the fuel. Um, obviously, kerosene is the fuel source, and that has a certain smell to it. Some people don't mind it. Some people mind it a whole lot. I'm not a fan of it myself. Um, they can be, um, they can be unsafe for indoor use. Um, although there are quote unquote indoor models, I'm just frankly, I'm just not a fan. I'm really anxious about the fumes or whatever, and and that may be completely unfounded. You you guys might can correct me on that. It's just a concern of mine. I, and I've seen way too many scorched hardwood floors where a heater was sitting there and it was just more than that floor could stand and it was like one step away from a fire, a far. Um, that just makes me nervous. Um, but, it hey, it's an option. And as our survey showed, um, a fair number, number of people use them. And that brings us to... LP, gas, or propane heaters. A fair amount of people use those too. Um, A lot of the propane heaters I saw online when I was looking at things, they're like more, they're kind of the same category, but they're more intense. They can be more intense. And the one that I'm thinking of is the ones that look like a jet engine, uh, which is very awesome. But, I mean, it would definitely heat up a space. Um, just be careful, you know, you be mindful of whatever you have in front of it, like your leg or something like that. Cause you know, it could get away from you, obviously. Um, liquid propane is obviously the fuel for those. Um, and to me, that's a much safer option than kerosene. Um, not that LP isn't explosive. It is, but it's contained in that compressed form in the tank. So that makes it uh, much safer to handle. Um, And again, you know, around $200 will get you going on a decent propane heater. Next, we're looking at forced air units. This could be gas or or electric. And this is something that I am really, really interested in. Um, A small number of people mentioned using a forced air system in our research. Um, I've never seen one in a home shop, but I have seen them in a commercial space, and they work really well. Um, Typically, they hang from the ceiling, and they use, as I mentioned, either electricity or maybe some form of gas. It could be a kerosene or propane or a natural gas if you have that ability, uh, if that is an option for you. Um, um, and so the, the thing is though, I think they could be a little expensive. It looks to me like you could spend several thousand dollars on a good one, a good sized one and the installation. Obviously the electric one is not going to require as much of an installation thing as a gas one would. Um, but still then the power bill is going to get you on the backside on the electric one. So, I think it's going to be six one way, half a dozen the other. Um, It is an option I'm very curious about, and I am definitely going to dig into it a little more. Um, I might, I probably will dedicate an entire episode to investigating these because I think this is a really good option for a small shop. The next thing would be 
um, the mini splits and hey, we're we're back around to those again. But that was AC. You said yes, the mini splits are a heating and cooling system, um, but obviously they're ductless. So um, they're very interesting. But again, as I said, in the cooling section of things, I think they might get a little expensive. But you, you have a lot of localized control over how you apply that heat and where it is. So I think it's really attractive, but I don't know enough about it to really recommend it for a small shop, except to say that if you can afford it, I think it's a really, really attractive option. Um, And then the next thing uh, and the last thing I'll have to say is the wood stove. Um, This is like old school. I mean, like pop a big old wood stove in your shop, start setting stuff on fire. Everybody's warm. That's that's easy. That's really easy. Uh, It's not all that expensive. I mean, you could make your own. I see a lot of people making them out of metal drums. I don't know if that's the greatest idea because, okay, so let me see if I can explain this. So part of the design and the beauty of the wood stove is the material that it's constructed out of acting as a heat sink. So if you construct your wood stove out of a metal drum, you can definitely build a fire in it and you it will definitely put out some heat, but it's going to be terribly inefficient because the cool air outside of it is going to work constantly against it, which it always works against your wood stove. But there's going to be nothing to keep that cool air from cooling the sides of your stove and making it fight against the heat that that wood burning is trying to put out. So those two forces are constantly working super inefficiently against each other. So you want a wood stove that's that's cast iron would be great because that way it's not only is it going to fight against the cool air outside of it, but it's going to act as a heat sink and it's going to retain the heat that it's producing inside so that the outside edges of it continue to radiate that heat. Is that, does that make sense? Anyway, don't, I mean, yeah, I don't want to say don't make one out of a drum. You can, you can definitely do that. I would suggest that you go buy a decent wood stove. And if you've got a small shop, you can get a decent small one relatively inexpensively, two or three hundred bucks. Install it yourself, probably. Um, there are a lot of things to consider. You want to make sure you got plenty of wood on hand. And, and that may sound like dumb. <laughs> I mean, we're woodworkers, so... You're th- you might be thinking, duh, I've got plenty of wood in the shop. And and you can do that. You can burn your scrap wood, and that's great. Just remember, again, not, not to not to try to boss you or <laughs> ah, I have an opinion on it, so let me just give it to you. Most of us are working with softwoods like a pine. Um, and most of us have plenty of scrap in the shop. 
you would think that the wood stove is a great way to get rid of that scrap, and it is. Just remember that scrap, that soft wood, that pine wood, it's going to burn hot and it's going to burn fast. And it's going to give off a lot of residual junk. And the creosote's going to build up in your pipe. And it's going to be something you're going to have to be, you're going to have to be aware of it. And you're going to have to maintain it. Or it could get to be dangerous. It could get to be potentially very hazardous. You want to make a practice of burning hardwoods that burn slow and long and give off a slow, long, consistent heat. Not like the pine, which gives off a lot of quick, hot heat and a lot of junk along with it. Does that make sense? So, yes, you can burn your scrap in your wood wood stove. Just be aware it's causing some residual effects that you're going to have to deal with. Okay. Beyond that, though, you just remember, hey, it's a stove. It's going to be hot. It's going to get hot. It's, you don't want to touch it. You want to keep pets and kids from running into it, things like that. And yourself, you know, uh, I don't know how many times as a kid I bumped into the stove. So you definitely want to make sure you're respecting the heat that it's given off. And then finally, in the summer, you're not using it. Obviously, that big old stove's just sitting there in everybody's way. So make sure you've got the room to dedicate to having it there in that space year-round, even when you're not using it. All right. And that's it. That pretty much covers the gamut for us um, on small shop cooling and heating, I think. Um, and, and now, even though we covered a whole lot of ground today, there are many, many, many other options that we left out just, just because of time. Um, and just because some of them are just too cost prohibitive for most small shops. Um, I mean, there are things like, you know, you could do a pellet stove uh, instead of just a regular wood stove. That would be neat. Um, you could do radiant floor heating or maybe some solar stuff with a, a solar air conditioning system set up. Because there, there are some really neat things you could do. And, and we might even get into that a little more as like a part two of some of this, or maybe some of this stuff goes on a wish list episode or something like that. Lots of things still to be explored. Um, and when I was growing up, I mean, we had, I worked on the carport just like I do now. And we had our bandsaw and the radio alarm saw and all that out there on the carport. And the back of our fireplace came out into the carport and right up through right where I worked. So in the winter, when we had a fire going inside, the heat radiating from the chimney kept me warm out on the carport while I worked. So lots of things that you could depend on for your heating and cooling like that. Um, Still, I hope you got a lot of stuff out of this today, and and I hope it makes you feel like maybe you're one step closer to deciding the best or at least a better way to heat or cool your own shop. And if you've got questions for me or comments on what we talked about today, definitely send them to me. Um, One of the best places you can do that is share your thoughts or questions 
on our new Facebook group. Uh, just search for Everyday Woodworking on the Facebook app and then join us there. Hey, a last couple of things before we go. Wherever you enjoyed this episode, please take a second, leave us a great review, and spread the word to your friends about us. And of course, we would love it if you subscribed to us and became a regular listener. Also, we try to post a video of each podcast episode on our Apple Valley Farm, that's our woodworking business, YouTube channel. So if YouTube is your thing, definitely look us up and like, comment, and subscribe to us there as well. Finally, your support helps make it possible for everyday woodworking to continue to be on the air. So we'd love it if you blessed us with your financial support through our friends at Patreon. Monthly support starts at just $5 a month. And guys, that is it for now. Again, thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed this. Have a great day, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time right here on Everyday Woodworking.